Hello and welcome to Movie of the Year, the only podcast that has the science and the screaming to determine what is the single greatest movie of any given year. 1991 is over. We did it. It took us literally nine, ten months, but we picked a winner, and now it's time to start anew. I already forgot it. What was it? It was Hans and the Lambs, fools. Oh, yeah, Hans and the Lambs. <laughs> Classic cinema. <laughs> uh, Our number one seed from that year. And yeah. the Best Picture winner. And the Best Picture winner, yeah. Which I think is a rarity for us because, as we discuss, almost every episode, we're much better and cooler than the Oscars. Mm, much better. This year is 1982. A strange year. Not totally sure why we're doing it, but I think that will become clearer as we go on. I'm going to be honest with you guys right now. Uh, my name is Ryan. I'm going to host. That's as honest as you <laughs> can be, <buddy. laughs> You've never been more honest. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be the host of this show. Here with me, as always, is Mike. Hello. And Greg. Hello. And after this episode, they are going to compete for my friendship and eternal love. Uh, currently, I love neither one. And we'll see who I love after we do our first episode. I'm going to be honest. Now, I'm going to be honest with you guys. Okay. okay. So all that, that part, was bullshit. That was all lies. All right. Well, now, now I'm going to start believing you. Now it's truth. Um, including our 1975 season, I have never seen fewer movies mm-hmm. of yes. a year going into something. What What is that? Because I didn't expect. I'm much. I'm a much younger man than both of you, and I've also I mean, seen so many 1975 movies versus 82. Here's, here's what I think it is. First of all, we all with 75 season, we famously all ran out and watched a bunch of the 75 movies right before it started. And I think that also got us more acquainted with mm. the movies that were in 75 as we decided what we were going to see. Like, I had never heard of Barry Lyndon before the 75 season. But before the 75 season started, I had watched it. Um, but with 82, the tops of the trees are very familiar to us because they are the movies of our of our childhood. But the rest of them, we were just little babies or non-borns yet. And so, like, I don't think you're getting the same feel right. for the movies that you would in a lot of the other years. They're in a weird in-between period where they're not old enough that like our classic. parents talk about them all the time, but they're not new enough where we have an awareness of them. Okay, so you're not saying that 82, you don't think 82 is an anomaly or like a really a year full of non-famous movies. You just think in the in this era, if we were to do 81, 83, 80, 84, you know, 85 we have done and Brazil won and that that was a lot more movies that I'd seen that year than this one. So, I think it's okay, honestly what I think it really is more like is that the good movies of 82 are so good and the bad movies of 82 are so bad that there didn't leave a lot left for the conversation for just like kind of your mid tier movies. Mid? mid it's so mid. mid. I definitely know what that so means. Right the mid discourse based. going on. <laughs> is, is being mid based at this point? Are you a Chad? <laughs> no cap. It's so hard to know. Uh, Mike, you are, I would say, of the three of us, more of the connoisseur of um, camp. Uh, corny, like you enjoy the corniness more, the cheese. You can put aside um, what something should look like and just be more in the world of what it does look like. Yeah. Does is, do you think that's going to help you out this year more than any other year? Because is eighty two like is it the corniest? It's like super Ryan, corny. Ryan and I like steak, but Mike. Likes cheese steak. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> with whiz though, not with <laughs> melted, right? Like I like provolone. You okay. do with or without, mm-hmm. and they will just scream that at you and not explain if you don't understand <laughs> what they're saying. 
And I like so because I'm sort of from a different part of the city. I my I like uh, steak with water ice all mm. over it. That's what we do <laughs> in my neighborhood. That's what we do yes. on the hot summer days. <laughs> really cool you down. Give me some cold steak. Is that what is that called? The perfect steak. The perfect steak. The Tim Robinson pouring water. Oh, sloppy steak. Sloppy. sloppy steak. Slop them yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> They'll tell you you can't, but there's nothing they can do to stop you <laughs> from ordering a steak and some waters. That's my favorite tweet. Uh, dust my wets. Turn into a skit. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, Mike, do you think it's going to help you out this year? Do you think that you're going to have a better appreciation? Or do you think that I, you might get some of these cornball movies into the Elite Eight? I do think that, and I think more than anything, the two of you will finally have more appreciation for me and who I oh. am. Oh, hmm. That's okay. Interesting take. All right, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, could, I guess I can see that happen. I, I went through a phase in my life where I was like, I hate camp and corniness, but like, you can't push away who you are. And eventually, yeah. I have embraced it. Were you putting on guy liner as you were saying this? Yeah. I'm not a fan of camp. <laughs> Get more body glitter. I mean, I think that bringing up Barry Lyndon is sort of the perfect amalgamation of all of these thoughts about movies because no movie has ever been more classically made, even classical movies. Barry Lyndon is more classically made. Uh-huh. And yeah, it's fucking campy as shit, and it's corny all the yeah. time. You know, I think it that's why it went so far in our brackets, because it's kind of got everything. Uh, I don't know if we're going to see that here. I think that we might just see these are the classics. You know, we have Werner Herzog. We have uh, Rainer. I would like to see the baby. <laughs> we have Rainer uh, Fossbinder. Um, we have, I think a Godard movie is in this bracket. Yeah, keep making up European names. <laughs> I'm not going to wait on that one. <laughs> Oh, I wish there were points. Uh, and then we also have uh, 14 horror movies in the bracket tonight. Um, it, earlier in this feed, you should check out, Mike and I hosted uh, Taylor and Jordan on a show where they went over all the horror movies with us. Um, I don't know. Do, does horror have a shot this I year? think so. I, I, I feel like I have a lot more ammunition than, oh, no, heard of that one. <laughs> that poster looks cool. Did they make horror movies in 82 that were not campy and corny i feel like for a while they just weren't making actual just like films that were scary they were making instead kind of like schlocky fun campy movies there's a there's some at the top of the list that are close to slam dunks uh the ones that we talked about mostly last night were the you know one was called the slumber party massacre so or cue the winged lizard serpent mike (laughs) serpent (laughs) fucking serpent Okay, uh, this is part one where we're going to... We just used to do this for fun, but now we're recording it because why have conversations that aren't recorded? Uh, we're going to take it down from 64 to 32 right now. This might be a short show. We're going to do it lickety-splickety. Next week, come back, and we will uh, go from 32 to figure out what are the eight that are in contention for movie of the year, 1982. We will also probably shout out a bonus episode at a lot of other ones. Who knows if those will actually become bonus episodes, but... Depends on how loud the screaming is. Yes. We do have a <laughs> scrumometer here. It's, um, it's just Vanna White and how high does her arm go on the chart? Why did I agree to do this? <laughs> Shut up, Vanna. <laughs> so, yeah, let's take a little break. And when we come back, it's your number one seed versus your number 64 seed. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Let's fucking do this. A Good Marriage, or Le Beau Mirage, is a French film. And it is about a marriage directed by Eric Romer, who I believe is still alive and kicking. It's going up against Blade Runner, your number one seed. I have a, a quick question about Blade Runner. We're doing a theatrical release, right? I, we should talk about that 
at some point. At some point? Yeah. I have no idea. I've seen four, I think. The theatrical release is the worst of them by a lot. And like I, it's going to dramatically change its chances to win based on which rele- which version we do. My vote, I've been around the podcasting block a uh, time or two. Uh, and I've done the theatrical release before, and I'd rather do the good one. Yeah, dude. Okay. If we can all agree to that, I think we're going to have a lot better year. Let's do that sweet, And I sweet think DC. probably it should be this good marriage movie, which I bet is also one of the better movies in the bracket. <laughs> it is French. Yeah. Though all good marriages are the same. Dude. Okay. <laughs> all good marriages are the same. All bad marriages are bad in their own unique way. Uh, a French <laughs> flick about marriage, I bet, is super interesting. But... Against Blade Runner, the most important Come movie on. to me of all time, maybe with the exception of Terminator Two, I'm not sure. Or no, I am sure. Yeah, it's not gonna. It's not for <laughs> me. I'm voting against it. Your number thirty three yeah. seed. Yeah, Blade Runner moves on. Your number thirty three seed is. Uh, I've like, I don't. I can't think of another movie in this bracket where fuck anything that comes against it. Right. Yeah. And I yeah. I know that there is a, there are a lot of people who like Blade Runner a lot more than me, but. Anything in its wake is screwed. I'm so excited to watch it again. I'm so excited to see those crazy sets. Like they actually built up the city in model form. Oh, the city looks so. And it's good. like, it's, is that a Lego? It's a big. Oh, like have they made it into Lego? Yeah, that should no. be a Lego. That should be a Lego, though. And congratulations to Blade Runner, which is probably going to get finally the first podcast about it yes, in podcasting finally. history. Dudes will talk about Blade Runner. Is Harrison Ford <laughs> it's a re- never happened? Is is Harrison Ford a replicant in it? Is Deckard a replicant? You know what? We're gonna tell you at the end of the show because we know your number thirty three seed is called White Dog. This is one of the few horror movies that we talked about on the bracket preview with Taylor and Jordan, where they had literally nothing to say. <laughs> yeah, they moved on fucking immediately from White Dog. Now, your number 31 movie is Francis Ford Coppola's One from the Heart, which is a musical that where he created Vegas, recreated Vegas in a hangar. Uh, he told the studio it would cost about $5 million. It cost about $100 million. Uh, broke the studio, broke him. He had to like start making wine because of this movie. <laughs> I, had, I watched I... this movie recently. It's... There, it, it has its issues, but it's it's interesting for sure. I love that at a certain point, and maybe his whole career, but Coppola started making movies as self-harm, and I <laughs> find that fascinating, <laughs> and that is my vote. Greg? <laughs> yeah, definitely that one. Everything you said about it sounded interesting. Just the whole, like, it's it's built in a hangar. Vegas is built in a hangar, but <laughs> it's never, like, supposed to not be, you know? Like, he's going for that right. look. Oh, yeah, because if look. you're making a musical, right, don't you kind of want the sets to look set-ish? Next of Kin is your 49th seed. This is also a horror movie. It features a hand coming out of clouds onto a house. Okay, the other, and the other one. Is Grease 2. Oh, no! <laughs> yes, baby! Honestly, this is not because I'm ducking a horror movie because I would never do that because of my integrity. Grease 2, Mike said a lot of interesting things, and I think we should pursue it. I am absolutely oh, choosing Next well, of Kin. We're at the Patreon. <laughs> so it's up to me? Yeah, it's up What's to it going to be, Mike? Are it, you a coward? It, it, if everybody wants to know what I had to say about Grease 2 to make Greg come my way, <laughs> go, you should go to patreon.com slash your pop filter. But also, clearly, it's Grease 2. Oh! That's a, that's a bummer. That's a, that's a bummer. Mike and I are the Grease 2 because we get slicked up before every show. I don't understand, but I did. Friction makes podcasting bad. <laughs> now, your number 17 is The Dark Crystal. Yes. That's go, a, go, that, that's go, a movie go, that we go. did not talk about. In the horror episode. But maybe could have, should have. It's going up against your 48 seed Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker. <gasps> no. Okay. Fuck the Gelflings. 
Fuck Dark Crystal. We have to do a show. How could you say that? We have to do. Do you remember which one Nightmare uh, Maker is? It's uh, it's one of the ones. Greg, you can't turn down. You're a homophobe if you vote against Butcher Baker and Nightmare. Oh no, is that true? It's 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 queer horror and it's very important. And I definitely remember the smart things Jordan and Taylor had to say about it. Well, I'm not going to stand up here and be a homophobe. The best titled movie in the history of movies. Yeah, I do agree with that point. That's true. And what's it coming up against again? The Dark Crystal. Oh, yeah, but the Dark Crystal. None of us are Dark Crystal people, but, you know, that is something that, like, we barely missed. Like, especially because it, it involves a lot of things we like, which is, like, cool puppets and great practical effects. But yeah, mine is not a Dark Crystal house, and I don't sense either of yours was as well. We were a Labyrinth household. Gosh. You had to choose 180s, Henson. Yeah, why is that? <laughs> mine but, was the Black Cauldron. Remember that classic Disney ooh. movie? That cartoon. Oh yeah, the most messed up of all Disney movies. Uh, I'm just kidding. I, uh, I just thought. Brian, I Don't. watched Dark Crystal not until high school, and I think that movie's stupid as hell. Shit. Okay, let's go to a vote: the Dark Crystal or Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker, Mike. Butcher Baker Nightmare Gary Maker, Oldman Mike. In Butcher Maker Nightmare Maker, Mike. Maker Mark. Greg, this I may not be able to really say this based on what Mike said, but I am not a homophobe. But I would, li- <laughs> I would like to watch Dark Crystal. <laughs> Um, yeah, I just, I mean, like, it had a show a year ago, two years yeah. ago, that was uh, highly Is it praised. weird that I kind of want to watch that show, and so that's part of why I want to watch the movie? <laughs> but you, that, that can't... Wait, you're just going to watch a show for fun? It's not yeah, exactly. unless it's assigned to you by the board, right? Yeah. You can't watch it. Uh, my apologies to Mike and to Jordan and to Taylor, but Dark Crystal moves on. And to the queer community, I suppose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bonus episode. Bonus episode, yeah, it's sounds, on the list. Mike, are you keeping track of this, sure. by the way? Of bonus episodes? Write down the bonies. I'll write down the bonies. Uh, okay, so your next matchup is number eight, Tootsie. So we're talking about something that is in the top eight seeds. Going against number 57, Quest for Fire, or as I knew it as, the Caveman movie. And this is basically like the uh, that one chapter of Powers. <laughs> yeah, or that one part of 2001. This is just a, an entire movie featuring cavemen. Yes. Okay. Versus Tootsie, the eighth seed, and, and one of the most important movies. Or like one of the big movies of this time. And I just, a movie that I'm very interested to watch and less interested to record myself responding to. Because I <laughs> really have a lot of questions about this movie going into it. This comes from a time where it was just so funny to put a man in a dress. And I don't know how much Tootsie is like dealing with gender and and right. acceptance and everything so how nuanced yeah i mean i think more than like a skit show like yeah hee-haw from you know whenever that was on this is doubtfire i think that it is actually <laughs> more qualified than mrs doubtfire <laughs> uh, there are no run by fruitings in Tennessee. oh fuck that then Ooh. quest for fire uh, and if it makes you feel better we're gonna get to a woman dressing like a man in a comedy soon so okay well tootsie tootsie mike tootsie no cavemen for us all right, this is a big one. This is me versus Mike, Greg, and you're going to have to come in and figure this out. What? Your number 25 seed is Annie. Okay, it's a hard knock life. Your number 40 seed is Airplane 2, the sequel. Oh, wow. Airplane 2. A they go to space. They figured out the they Fast and Furious thing. And the Way quicker. Yeah. And I feel like Airplane 2 is like, if you enjoyed the jokes of Airplane... You are going to enjoy seeing them in the movie Airplane 2. Some of them are here. Because <laughs> we've got those jokes from that first movie. Versus Annie? I don't know. That feels kind of big. First of all, 
everyone knows this. I've talked about it a lot on the podcast. I've got curly pride. I look out for my curly <laughs> brothers and sisters everywhere. You're curly and girly. I was called Annie my entire childhood, and it did not embitter. Oh, you have red hair. It did not embitter me. Well, yeah, but it was curly. They, they're kids. They can't. You People know, people are so lazy. Their cruelty, yeah, was very lazy. I was also fat, so usually they would just move on to that. <laughs> Uh, but Annie, that feels like a huge part of uh, the culture. Yeah. Uh, what what is what what does twenty twenty two have to say about Daddy Warbucks? Let's dig into Who it. Is fucking Tim Curry and Bernadette Peters crush. Oh, Carol Burnett? Are you fucking kidding me? And I just recently saw the live version on NBC, which has a uh, Titus Burgess in it. Oh really? Yeah, Who does Annie? he play? He was uh Annie? He's like a... I don't know. He's some character that's a scammer. I can't like the he they, rooster. Yeah, he wants to adopt. That's Tim Curry. Yeah. Okay. See, so that'd Wait, be very who's Daddy Warbucks. Daddy Warbucks was. Um, I just totally can't remember. Oh no, you know who it is? It's a uh, piano crooner, Hank. Azaria. Um, not Hank Azaria. Hank Hill. Not no. <laughs> the famous crooner Hank Hill. He's a crooner who plays oh, piano. Oh, Junior. Yes. There we go. Okay. Uh, and this one is Albert Finney. Who was uh, Ewan McGregor's dad in Big Fish and was Aaron Brockovich's boss in some fucking... I can't remember of what movie. Of course he's in Big Fish being so finny. <laughs> All right. Oh <my> <laughs> I'm so fucking... I'm so fucking happy this is an appointed show now, actually. Right. I think Greg would be cleaning up. Here's the reason that I'm going to be cool with Andy moving on over my beloved Airplane 2, the sequel. Um, it's directed by John Huston, director of The Maltese Falcon, oh, yeah. Treasure of the Sierra Madre, and the African Queen. He's and didn't he collab whoa. to create Angelica Houston? He did collab. That was, a collab. <laughs> that was a that was a John Houston collab. Uh, different collab. Uh, he collabed with his daughter to have his daughter's baby in Chinatown. He is. Oh my God! Really? Yeah, that's that's him. That's He's probably something I should know already. Father, sister, husband, brother, uh, all the slaps. So nightmare maker. <laughs> <laughs> is Annie moving on? Hell yeah! Yep. Come on, Greg. Eddie's moving on. We don't have to be that excited. Hell yeah. <laughs> Curly pride. Sun will come out right now, bitches. Let's get twisted. Curly pride. Now, your number 56 seed is a movie called Y'all. All right. <laughs> Y-O-L. This is Hee Haw the you movie? You love the expression. <laughs> now, see the movie. Uh, it's about it's uh, when five Kurdish prisoners are granted one week's home leave. They find... To their dismay that they face continued oppression outside of prison from their families, the culture, and the government. This is like a real rickety independent movie where they were probably shooting illegal shit the entire time. Kind of has made a name for itself more recently. Uh, not a big hit in 1982 because it's foreign and that's we weren't into that shit. The other one is foreign as well. It's Das Boot. Ah, the movie about the boot. <laughs> uh, you have to admit that if y'all was made by Jordan Peele next year, you would yeah. line up outside <laughs> the theater it. to see it. He could just recreate it. I'm I'm super down for Prison Rumspringer, the movie. That sounds dope. It sounds like it makes a lot of interesting points, but Das Boot, this is like a remake of the... Because wasn't there like a, a like a historical cinema Das Boot, like back in the I back mean, Battleship Potemkin is... I don't know if Das Boot is remaking anything now. Oh, okay. But it is. It's a very famous movie. Uh, it's a summary movie that, you know, it, again, it's my favorite subgenre. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is a movie that I remember when I was a kid, uh, and in the Tarantino era, where like 
people were just fighting for these movies to come back and get new life. Yeah. Das Boot was one mm. of them. They were like, nobody has heard of this movie. This needs to uh, come mm. back, you know, 15 years after it was originally released. Let's boot this along. And let's remember that we always feel like these movies are going somewhere and then they always get buzzsawed in the next round. <laughs> so <laughs> there's just such a thing as being too precious. But I say Das Boot. That y'all sounds interesting. But hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. I say, hey, y'all. All right, uh, we're going to do one more before we take a break. This is probably my favorite battle of all time. 41 is Porky's. Mike, do you know what Porky's is? Do I know what Porky's is? Ryan, I've seen Porky's is. Tell okay. us about it. Very good. It It is like, it's it's such a weird, especially how it was pitched to me, and you're walking down the, the aisles of Blockbuster as a kid, and you're just like, I guess this is a Revenge of the Nerds type movie. Or Animal House type. And, or Animal House. You're like, and then you watch it, and it's just these pervy fucking college kids sneak into a strip club and then porky himself tries to kill them for it i don't remember why i I just know like a jaundiced evil strip club owner wants to kill these kids because they snuck into a strip club but i think it's probably horrific oh this is uh but not a horror movie though uh it's a a broad comedy it was like this generation's american pie uh which is another movie that has obvious problems. But yeah, it's about people who, uh, there's a lot of spying on women showering. There's a glory hole, and I think it's Kim Cattrall Uh who grabs somebody's dick. No, because she's hot, they would like that. There's like a bigger, the gym teacher grabs the dick and doesn't let go, and then she tries to say she wants to grab all their dicks to figure out whose it was. This is one of those sex comedies that's like, women are kind of like a different type of person, a lesser type. But we want to sleep with them, don't we? Isn't that curious? Doesn't that create a lot of hijinks? And that now, to our modern sensibilities, where we're like, wait a minute, women are full-fledged people. We're like, hmm, there's a lot of problems mm. here. So I'm super stoked to wrestle with movies like Tootsie. Or the yeah, the, the movie I was alluding to earlier, uh, Victor Victoria, where the woman dresses like a man. Uh, this is not the sort of like problematic that I feel like dealing with on this show no yeah no yeah because there's, there's nothing redemptive about this movie right. it, it really is premised on like women not being fully developed feeling individuals it, it feels like they made that these kinds of movies are like look creeps watch porn here's porkies <laughs> like <laughs> uh it's going up against your 24th seed conan the barbarian oh hell yeah (laughs) boom let's get those swords out it's been an entire season since we've done an arnold movie let's do another one that's too long also i've never seen this and this is his og movie right no come on mike i mean he was years before this in the 70s he was cast in stay hungry uh and then he was in the roger corman movie i believe it was roger corman uh hercules in new york (laughs) (laughs) made dozens of movies before this (laughs) fuck man Hercules would love New York. There's a lot of great Greek food there. Let's take a break. And when we come back, (laughs) we're going to kick out eight more movies. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening so far. And let me just tell you that everything ahead of this commercial is much better than what came before it. That's my guarantee. While I have you here, let me tell you about a website. It's called yourpopfilter.com. And it's everything you need that's related to Pop Filter. Everything Mike, everything Ryan, everything Greg, everything Cassie. Everything is there at yourpopfilter.com. While you're there, go to yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. Make that your new Amazon bookmark and do your shopping from there. That way we get a little piece of the action and Amazon doesn't. Make sure you're also listening to everything that Pop Filter has to offer, which includes the Superhero Show Show, 
a podcast that covers every single TV show that's based on a comic book or comic book property, and Movie of the Year, where we sit down and try and figure out what is the single greatest movie of any given year. That's Superhero Show Show, that's Movie of the Year, and that's YourPopFilter.com. Rate, subscribe, review, bye! Your number four seed is a horror movie. Uh oh, Greg. Greg, Uh-oh. I'm a little nervous that you're gonna have to watch some scary stuff. This is what what one is this? Before we get there, let's talk about number sixty one seed Night Shift. Uh, I cannot believe this movie is so low. This is a classic comedy where uh, Henry Winkler and Michael Keaton turn a morgue into a whorehouse. That sounds. <laughs> what is more eighties than that? Um, I believe it's Ron Howard directing. The they like they bring in prostitutes or <laughs> <laughs> some sort of necro. The... I don't want to spoil it for you. So uh, it no matter what, we're gonna have people interacting with dead folks, right? I think so. Yeah. And Lucy Doc has made a great soundtrack song to Night Shift. What's it called? It's called Night Shift. Mm. I love that <laughs> one. But it's going up against number four's uh, Poltergeist. Poltergeist, which is uh, Steven Spielberg produced, Toby Hooper directed. Um. Uh, kind of an all-timer, I think. Like, yeah. I think this one is going to be unavoidable. It feels to me like a poltergeist should not be that scary, but then it feels like it's going to be very scary. It's but so scary, Greg. Greg, they're <laughs> here. All right, they're here. They're here. And um, also, uh, like, it feels besides being a horror movie, it feels like one of the biggest horror movies. Mm-hmm. Like, not just of '82, but like, if you just said to somebody, "Name horror movies," they're going to hit poltergeist early in that list yeah. right so yeah i mean i think that like and i think it's because it was uh, i had a high budget like these right. movies up until this point didn't have a high budget but now mm. you know from the exorcist to 82 like it's it's poltergeist poltergeist is like the first huge horror hit that i can think of in and you know 15 years in between there are some visuals where i'll just be like walking through my day and it's just like remember craig t nelson doing this i don't want to spoil anything i'm like oh shit thanks brain <laughs> yeah, I have a couple in my head. Um, uh, it involves clowns, braces, <laughs> and tequila. Those are three I can think of right uh, off the bat. A pool that's not finished yet. That's a big yeah. one for me. This movie's fucking dope. And anybody want to vote for Night Shift? I would put Night Shift on the... Put it on the bonus. Put it on the bonus. It's it's a good Straight one. Straight to the bonus with your Night Shift. The next matchup, your number 36 seed is called Smithereens. <laughs> what do we know about this one, Mike? Fans uh, of Smithers. People will get blasted to it. Blasted to smithereens. That is true. Finally, a movie about all the little pieces that exist after something blows up. This is New York punk movie. This is like uh, the director of Desperately Seeking Susan with Madonna. Um, sort of like a music movie from that era. It's going up against The Secret of Nim. Oh, wow. That's got like, again, I was not a big Secret of Nim like in a secret name household, uh-huh. but there are people who swear by that as like a, a great kids movie. It is so dark and heavy. It's very like, dark. A lot of the kids movies from these times are like, okay, kids, listen, you're going to grow up in a world that is going to actively fall apart. Uh, so <laughs> we're going to start getting you ready for this by showing you things that are kind of horrific because you're going to need that. Cause when you're 40, like things are basically going to be coming to an end. I think it's also just part of this like crescendo of child, childhood darkness or mm-hmm. darkness in child's movie children's movies that like eventually had to be stopped like we invented new ratings and right. million mom march or whatever the fuck that is to get them to slow down because this all leads to 
I mean, at the same time, uh, we have Return to Oz. Do you guys remember that fucking yeah, movie? Yeah, that's messed Faruza up. Bulk. With yeah. Faruza Bulk. Um, and all this just... And Gremlins was, like, uh, yeah. pitched as a kid's movie, and it's just a... <laughs> fucking shit show um secret name uh, i think holds its place there of like all right everybody settle the fuck down and now all these republicans are upset because like all the movies that come out are like hey accept yourself and they're like you can't say that to Ew, my kids boo. don't accept shit <laughs> they have to hate themselves until they're the kind of person that i can respect does anybody know what smithereens is yeah it's all those uh, little pieces it's like a musical the guy did suddenly seeking susan she's a woman secret name moves on your next matchup your number 52 seat is Alone in the Dark. Mike, this is a horror movie we talked about last yes. week. Do you remember what this one is? So this is about a, not prisoners, but maybe a mental institution and the the lights go out and the three prisoners, uh, a doctor they liked goes away and they convince themselves that the new doctor killed him. So the lights go out, the power goes out, and they start to hunt down the new doctor. Oh, but it's the old doctor, huh? It's the doctor and they like. And uh, it sounds dope. And then well, there are like super famous actors in it, right? Like character actors you'd seen a bunch of stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, Academy Award winner for Best Supporting Actor, Jack Palance, and Academy Award winner for Best Supporting Actor, Martin Landau, are in this movie. And Jack Palance got it for City Slickers. He did. Too. No. God or, damn it. Sorry. Now I'm on record saying that <laughs> I think he gets it for City Slickers, too. The legend of <laughs> And you look like an idiot. <laughs> Uh, but Martin Landau did win for City Slickers 2, The Legend of Curly's Golden. Uh, it's going up against your number 13 seed. I want to know if you guys think this is low or high. Tron. I think for zeitgeistiness and for effect on like film industry, I think... Uh, honestly, I think 13's right on. I was going <laughs> to yeah, say it was actually, low, but I think accurate. it's like exactly where it <laughs> needs to be. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how long it's been since you guys have seen Tron. Tron Never. is very boring. Tron is an extremely boring movie. Is Jeff Bridges in it, or is he just in Tron New? Yeah, yeah, he's these little baby Bridges. Is like, oh, okay, yeah. I've never seen Tron. I've never seen Tron Legacy. The only uh, Tron thing I've witnessed is the one part on an old Disneyland ride called the People Mover. People Mover, where they would send you through Tron Land. (laughs) If man, back in the day, if you needed to get an HJ at Disneyland, People (laughs) Mover was a pretty good guess. We called it the People Maker, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Because hand jobs make babies. Your HJs are weird. (laughs) (laughs) He does them strong. (laughs) <laughs> it wasn't even the girl who was giving it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I got distance, brother. All right. Uh, my, did did uh, Jordan and Taylor convince you that Alone in the Dark yes. needs to move on? Yes, I think my vote is Alone in the Dark. Greg, uh, is Tron so important that we need to uh, move it past a horror movie? In the context of film, yes. I have to agree. Yeah. I, I think that it's, it's Don't worry. it has a sequel. Even for <laughs> me, I guarantee Alone in the Dark is like better, but Tron just... it's. Yeah, it had like the HJ part at Disneyland. <laughs> it, like, it changed effects, you know, and, and it, it launched a couple of sequels. There's actually a second sequel, I think. I think there's been two Tron movies since. Tron, since. colon, Alone in the Dark, and the two worlds collide. <laughs> it would be so hard to do the Alone in the Dark in Tron, though, because everyone's wearing those glowy suits. There he is. He's over there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I don't even know. I, a Diva is a movie I've heard of, and it's French. I bet that's good, dude. I bet it's good. Anytime you've heard of a movie that came from another country, it's because it's so freaking good. That shit's good. good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's your number 45 seed. Your number 20 seed is Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Oh, dude, this is one of the good Star Treks. Kick rocks diva. Here's what's fun about this. It's one of the good Star Treks, and then afterwards you get to be like, that's one of the good Star Treks? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are the other ones? <laughs> 
Uh, I've never seen it, but my entire life, like, it's always been referenced as, like, if you need to like Star Trek, if you, like, if you really mm. want to know why it can be good, get Wrath of Khan, Ricardo Montalban, yeah, all fucking dude. greased up. Greased for days, dude. And, like, uh, a lot of people think, like, the, the recent um, remakes of Star Trek are, like, way too action-y, and they're, like, not, like, in the spirit of the... Watch this movie. It's all about how William Shatner is racist against a whole alien race because one part of it killed his kid, and he just screams about it the entire movie. And then the second there's a chance to, he starts using phasers and lasers to fight off the bad guys. Phasers and lasers, And lasers, yeah, dude, both of them. Uh, All right, so Star Trek 2, everyone? Yes, yes. Nobody wants to fight for D.Va. Your next matchup, uh, your number 60 seed is Evil Under the Sun. Uh, This is directed by Guy Hamilton, who directed Goldfinger, Live and Let Die, Diamonds Are Forever, The Man with the Golden Gun. So this is not a James Bond movie. Uh, The tagline is, evil is everywhere, even in paradise. Oh, my gosh. No, not paradise. I know. You really want you were hoping that it didn't hit paradise. I just thought that one place. What White Lotus was about, though, right? Is that why they paved it and put up a parking lot? Yes, there is. Uh, it's going up against Rambo First Blood. Now, oh, First movie, Blood! This movie is technically just called First Blood, and this is the independent drama Did you first blood? that came out before the next two sequels, which were just, fuck that first movie, we're just going <laughs> to murder as many people as possible. This uh, first movie asked the question of like, hey... Remember all those guys we sent to go do that thing, and then it didn't go so well, and then they all came back, and we didn't support them at all? Is that going to be okay? And First Blood <laughs> says, not really, no. Probably not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm excited to see this, because the only Rambo movie I've seen is Hot Shots Part 2, so I'm <laughs> stoked. I'm excited to see a movie about um, it, like an unappreciated Vietnam vet who comes back and can't forget his past, but then also does not join the white supremacy movement. Because we could have used a few more of those. <laughs> yeah, where were you guys at fucking January 6th? <laughs> this is, uh, 1982 is not a true 80s year. Right. Because uh, despite having a Rocky and a Rambo and a Friday the 13th, we did not get a Nightmare on Elm Street. So, Whoa, what uh, happened? I'm not going to be able to move you Crazy. on 1982. Who yeah. was asleep at the wheel? And who was tormenting them? <laughs> <laughs> I think First Blood is a fucking... I haven't seen it in a while, but I think it's a fucking terrible movie. It's boring as oh, shit. Oh, fun. Dude. It's a lot of him walking around in the woods. And yet, I can't remember the last time we did a boring movie. I'm stuck. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, it's still hard for me to move on to Evil Under the Sun. Evil is everywhere, even in Paradise. So, Rambo First Blood, everyone? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I could see it not making the final eight, though, even though that sounds a little unusual. Okay, this one's a, this one's a fuckery. Uh, <laughs> your number 28 seed is Basket Case. Mike, mm-hmm. do you remember that one? Uh, Greg, basket cases, there's conjoined twins that get separated at birth. The doctors want to just kill the that, little That's tumor. just called twins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, like, they get separated quickly after and birth. And one of them's yes. Danny DeVito, and the other one's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes. But imagine Danny DeVito is carried around in a basket, and he always tells his big twin to kill people oh, no. around the mean streets of New York City in the 80s. <laughs> oh, no. That's awful. And it's by the guy who made brain damage. I'm not just quoting Taylor from last week. <laughs> it seems like you are. I guess if you're saying you're not, then you're not. Uh, if you're quoting Taylor, you'd be like, hey, guys, guess what? It's made by the guy that made brain damage. Your 37 seed is missing. This is, uh, imagine, remember, you guys remember uh, the movie Ransom with Mel Gibson? Give oh, me back wow, my son. Yeah. What if instead of Mel Gibson, it was Jack Lemon? <laughs> this is not a comedy. 
Uh, it's directed by the Greek, I want to say, director Costas Gravis. I'm, I'm down. I'm in. Over conjoined head basket. I'm doing movie? basket case. Greg, it's I- a puppet, and some and a lot of it you see it from the puppet's point of view. <laughs> I just uh, Jack Lemon in a more serious role. That's just that. That sounds just a little more interesting to me than a gross, a gross little guy in a basket. I don't know why I assume he's gross. I guess because he's murderous. And he's a head yeah. in a basket. There's no handsome heads in baskets. I thought, did they try to do the thing where they just put the basket guy on the back of the other guy's head? Because I've heard that works out just fine. Yeah, that gives you the power to fucking chuck chairs all across police stations. <laughs> the aim on that guy's chair. You <laughs> could chuck a chair. And if you think what he was going with, like how his arms work and everything, yeah. that's even more impressive. It, Thinking honestly, about scenes that are just burned into my head. W- when you see him throw it, you're like, dude, come on, what are you doing? That's never going to work. And then the camera follows the chair perfectly, and it's a fucking strike. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, Mike. Missing moves on. It's a political thriller. You know how we love that here. And I think it, we, there's a lot here. of like comedic humor when you're like, um, you know, like this next one is missing, and we're like, but where is it? Like, yeah, Ryan kept it? talking too fast for me to get yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> we were we were both gonna jump <laughs> in. And like, hey, did you look it up? I'm really sad that you guys didn't have the time to go. <laughs> I was trying to get my carton of milk out. <laughs> yeah, this, that'll be a real sensitive show for all of us. Uh, <laughs> This is the, honestly this is the first one that like hurts my heart. Okay. Number fifty three is the world according to Garp, where Robin Williams sort of Forrest Gumps his way or Forrest Garps his way <laughs> through like uh, a lot of fe- feminism being a big deal and a lot of these events through the sixties. It's just about like his life and he's got a very weird odd life and typically this is the kind of movie that usually gets me out of there. It's who's the guy who wrote like Simon Birch. Uh, sucked. John Meany or something. Uh, it's schmaltzy bullshit, but it really, really, really works here. But it's going to, up against number 12, Fitzcarraldo. Werner Herzog's Fitzcarraldo, where they said, hey, Werner, we have effects we can use. I know that they like put boats on logs and took them up mountains 200 years ago. That's how they did it. But we have effects that we can use now. And he was like, no, we will do it the exact same way. And made... <laughs> Everyone in that movie crew lift the boat like that. <laughs> That's my boat. Verisimilitude's very important boat, boat. to me. Boat for the boat. Yeah, I think I'm also gonna go go the boat way because there's Garp is an interesting. I read the book, very interesting book, and it's an okay movie. But I just I don't think that there's gonna be a ton there for us. All right, let's do one more before we take a break. Whew, this is a good one. Number forty-four. Your forty-four seat is Class of nineteen eighty-four. Um, Mike, do you know anything about this one? Uh, is this a bunch of punk kids killing people? Yes. You do know everything that you need to know. Now, uh, uh, my obvious question is, did you see the first 1,983 of these to understand this? I did. Hwakasha! <laughs> it's going up against Gandhi. Oh, who would, it was like, don't kill people. Don't, yeah. So yeah, it's like it's the exact whole, opposite So movies. not punk rock? Is my whole deal. Does like, Gandhi, does this movie end with Gandhi nuking somebody? Because that would really be the civilization end that I think everybody needs. Was there a real, like, panic about punk at this time where they were like, these kids are all going to, like, start just killing everybody? It was 85 was Return of the Living Dead. Yeah, Uh, a lot of the horror movies we did in 85 had punks as bad guys that were just as bad, if not worse, than the ghoulies that were around trying to kill people. This is definitely uh, made by people who did not know actual punks. Yeah. 
Because, like, I have never... I know they look scary from far away, but, like, they're... A lot of them are just soft boys. A lot of them are just, like, kind of pre-emo kids, and there was not any emo. And so just, they didn't fit in, and so they put on plaid and, and safety pins. But I was never afraid they were going to, like, do a purge or something like that. <laughs> like, they're pretty ineffectual. What do you guys want to do tonight? You want to just do a purge? Should, Should we do a quick purge? Do a purge? Should all crime just be legal for tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Including <laughs> murder? <laughs> when I mentioned the movie Gandhi... To you guys now, does it seem like, oh, that's a fucking slam dunk. That's making the Elite Eight. Or are you like, nobody's talked about that movie in a solid 15 years. Does this matter anymore? I Something, I guess, in between those two for me. Like, I have the original, like, oh, yeah, Gandhi. That's like a big one. Ben Kingsley. But my assumption is it sucks. So let's do it. <laughs> you know, it doesn't not. And I, like it's, I, I, it, I'm sure it's a well-made movie, right? Uh-huh. Like, it's Richard Attenborough who directed this and created Jurassic Park. So I guess that's two different <laughs> sides of the same coin. Um but like it's so by the numbers, you know. Mm-hmm. That I think that's the problem is that it was just like we know how to do this thing. Let's just go out and do it. And there's beautiful shots and beautiful performances, but it's it's just it's so like close your eyes and think, think to yourself, it, you I've it. seen Gandhi. You've done it. You've seen it's it. Be- for for who Gandhi was in 1982, I don't think we're gonna like chew a lot and get into the man, right? It feels like just the further mythologicalization, right? As <laughs> as opposed to like ten years later when Spike Lee made Malcolm X and all sorts of decisions were made there, you know, uh-huh. like that was bucking everything against the biopic. Uh, it, but his class of 1984 gonna no, take it I down mean, right now? Yeah, the Gandhi may eventually lose out but also we would be missing a big chunk of 82 that 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 movie like did well also, at the awards yeah 82 class of 1984 it's confusing get out yeah of here. yeah i don't want to keep asking like what year are we doing again and like there already is a 1984 and it's like does that have anything to do with that yeah it's it's like 1984 junior i honestly don't know we should go look up these things do some re- let's just fucking do some research for once so we're gonna take a break and when we come back the other half of the bracket. <laughs> well, that is very, very funny or very sad. And perhaps now you have something to think about or very problematic. And perhaps we have something to think about. But in any event, I'm sure you have some reaction to what you're listening to. So why not check us out on the social media? You can go to Instagram or Twitter and find us at your pop filter email contacts at your pop filter hey everybody keep watching them movies and we're back and we have horror versus horror (gasps) no matter who wins we all lose (laughs) one of them is your 63rd seed so second from last it's called amityville to the possession or as taylor and jordan call it the incest one incest one that brother and sister get down all right sounds like a skip it's go- I did not know we had that in 1980s entertainment. I thought that was like something that the early 2010s gave us. No, see the the literate, the literary class knew Flowers in the Attic, and I do think that started to infest within other genre things. <laughs> uh, it's going up against uh, John Car- Carpenter's The Thing. Oh, oh The hey. Thing! Kick rocks, Amity. Wham! We're not even going to a vote now. Eating Raoul. Is a dark comedy I've heard about my entire life. Okay. Okay. Uh, a tasty we'll comedy of bad manners. Is yeah. Oh, is it about a cannibalism? It's probably about cannibalism, right? Uh, I think it's people who own like a laundromat and then also eat people. 
Well, let's go yeah. Got to be diversified in the modern economy. It's going up against cat people. Like, do you remember what the number one thing to remember of cat people is? The they number one on thing to remember about cat people is Skimble Shanks, the railway cat. Nope, that's a different does movie. Does not I, make an appearance. But the, man, cats, I think, might have come out in 1982. So what weird timing. It, it was the director, right? Isn't the director shocking? The director is shocking. It's a horror remake of a 1940s movie by Jacques Denor called Cat People. It stars Ed Begley Jr. Let's get that. <gasps> Hell yeah. Well, dude. I think Future we legally have to. Pop Filter Hall of Famer Ed Begley Jr. And it's directed by Paul Schrader. That's oh, what it damn, is. damn. The Schrader. Super Schrader. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know wow. if you've ever called him that before, but I fucking love it, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> He's so big for this show. That's... I mean, I don't think it could possibly be cat people, but that's there's a lot of intriguing things coming together for that one. Anybody want to do the cannibalistic laundromat movie? No, cat people, cat people, Schrader's cat people. Isn't the other one a way better movie? But that's okay. I'm sure it's better. Cat people. Cat do you want to do you want to throw eating Raul on the bonus episode list? Nah, I'm not that kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, this has to be the match of the day. It's a movie called Gregory's Girl. hey Is it about your Always wife? Always nice. It's probably about Kelly. That's your number 50 seed. Your number 15 seed is Diner Greg's pick. This is <gasps> some hot Greg on Greg action hot right now. Greg on Greg. Damn. Okay, this imagines a world in which Greg loves his wife and wants to marry her and it's glad that he has versus Diner, which is like the Greg is like, I don't know, guys. It's 1959, old ball and chain. Listen to this. This description. Teenage knucklehead Gregory. Ha. <gasps> Falls hard for Dorothy, a hotshot female player who takes his spot on the boys' school soccer team. Sounds that does sound like something that happened to a Greg, for sure. <laughs> That's the Greggiest story yeah, of all time. He's all the way at the end of the bench. I guess we could just replace him with a girl. And I'm like, does this mean I'm not going to have to play? <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> uh, I think we could, get, we could have a really great show with Diner. And I, I hope it all works out so that we can we can do that. I think Greg. I would never vote against Gregory's Girl except in this one instance. <laughs> Gregory's Girl is directed by Bill Forsythe, who also made Local Hero, one of my favorite movies of all time. But Mike, do you want to go against the Diner here? No, Diner. Uh, I love one the chance. one chance. <laughs> <laughs> diner, and they just sits back down, put his hands in his lap. I made my point. Uh, okay, your number forty-seven seed is Death Trap. This is directed by Sidney Lumet director of a movie of the year winner if i remember correctly the trap is set for a wickedly funny who'll do it we're talking michael kane we're talking christopher reeve Whoa. we're talking lakers superfan diane cannon oh diane cannon uh this is going up against friday the 13th part three in which a bunch of camp goers are killed at a camp is right. i believe the description of that movie michael kane michael kane michael <laughs> kane city the met what? Do your Sydney Lumet impression. Sydney Lumet. There you go. Who is that? What did they direct? Dodd Afternoon. Oh, I oh, like that yeah. movie a lot. I think canonically my favorite movie we've ever covered. I'm gonna look that up real quick, but to I'm make sure, sure that's, that's true. the case. Yeah. That yeah, sounds that's right on to IMDb, me. I think. I think oh, is so it? <laughs> <laughs> it's in the trivia. Go to check that out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Death Trap moves on. A number 47 seed. Uh, okay, so let's talk about, ladies and gentlemen, The Fabulous Stains. This is a music movie with Diane Lane. Okay. It's going up against Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Mike, do you remember all of the stuff we heard about Halloween 3, Season of the Witch? 
underrated. This is you've seen, right? Much maligned. I saw it when I was like eight. It doesn't count. Uh, much maligned. It people hate on it just because Michael Myers isn't in it. But uh, the horror freaks that we allowed on our show last week said it's much better than a lot of the Michael Myers movies. It sounds super weird and awesome. Michael Myers. Michael Myers. It's so weird that their favorite killer didn't show up in the movie, and so they're like, you know what? I didn't like this one. We wanted to see that guy who kills everybody, but he wasn't here this time. So it was a bunch of witches. What are they trying to? Are they trying to like bring him back from the dead? Does it have anything to do no, with him at all? We it like it started off as an anthology series of movies, oh, yeah. and this is the first time they actually stuck to it. And I think the last, I think Michael yes. Myers is in every other one. They yeah, now they're like, okay, we'll just make the same movie over and over again. Thank you. That's what we wanted. Greg, Halloween three or ladies and gentlemen, the fabulous stains. I'm gonna go with the stains, Mike. Yeah, you're a stain kind of guy. It's season of the witch for me. Season of the Witch moves on. All right. We have a battle of two movies everyone has heard of. <gasps> Your number 26 seed is 48 Hours. Oh, wow. Starring Eddie Murphy and Nick Nolte. Oh, I fucking love this movie. There's a buddy buddy cop kind of premise where they have, what, 48 hours to solve a crime? Yeah, to get... Uh, if they can stop bickering long enough, right? Oh, my God. Are you reading the tagline right now? <laughs> <laughs> I bet Nick Nolte says some things that would make us uncomfortable to hear. It, you mean I in the movie or just black? I didn't know that. <laughs> it's going up against an officer and a gentleman. Um, it has that one scene. Does anybody remember what that scene is? A guy Can somebody handle the truth? Nope. No. It's a few good men. Oh. It's, <laughs> she's like working on a factory floor and he comes in in his like military dress and he picks her up and like takes her out to the car because they're going to go. But he like carries her out and of the factory or something. Who's uh, the yeah, he? that. And it's uh, love lifts us it's, up where we belong. It's gear, right? It's ri- yeah. I think this R- is Richie Gear. Richard Gear. Nineteen eighty-two stars. Like yeah. it's Richard Gear, Deborah Winger, Eddie Murphy, and Nick Nolte. Yeah, dude. Oh, I like, thought you were saying all in officer all and gentleman. In I was like, that's fucking gentlemen. crazy. And then Nolte and Murphy are like, we're gonna do another up. movie. <laughs> Wait, who's who's the officer? Who's the gentleman? I'm Nick Nolte. <laughs> <laughs> to me, it it very firmly feels like officer and gentleman. Really? Yeah. I am shocked by this, Mike. Uh, I can't remember. I thought it was A Few Good Men. Like, that's how little this movie fucking has done anything. It was pretty clear that you thought that. <laughs> was it? Everybody got yeah. that? I uh, said an officer and a gentleman, and you said, wait, is that A Few Good Men? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to have to go with 48 Hours. 48 Hours definitely moves on. All right. Your number 55 seed is a Scott classic. Scott is my brother. He's two years younger than me, and he loves the fucking Beastmaster. Beastmaster. <laughs> I knew it was going to be Beastmaster, <laughs> dude. <laughs> this is about a dude who can talk to animals. When I think of Beastmaster, I mostly think of Chevy Chase sweating and bright red in his costume, screaming at people in community. <laughs> was that a Beastmaster episode? No. wasn't scripted either. That's just Chevy, baby. <laughs> they just turned on the cameras, and he was already doing that. Now- I have only seen two Rocky movies. I guess not counting Creed. Uh, I've seen the first one and then Rocky Balboa. So I have not seen Ivan Drago, and I've not seen this one, which is, is this, I believe, Mr. T. Is this Clubber Lane? This is Clubber Lane, yeah. Oh, wow. I, th- but again, Greg, hold on. Going up against the Beastmaster. Continue. Okay. <laughs> I don't think there's a there's like as there's iconic scenes from this one. I just think it's iconic that Mr. T is in yeah. it. How many fools get pitied in this one? Pro- probably, honestly, Mr. T probably just pities Rocky Balboa, who at this point, like the subplot in all of the ones after the first one is just like, this guy's getting major brain damage. <laughs> 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 this 
And, which, and we were like, Stallone is such a good actor to <laughs> act like that. Because, man, you can hardly understand anything he says because he's, he's so method. Oh, like, man, yeah. And I know First Blood moved on to the next round, but there's a monologue at the end of First Blood that if you don't, if the subtitles don't work on your TV, you're <laughs> fucked. Like, when you can't said, understand a goddamn word he says. When he says the titular line, which I believe is, they do First Blood, he doesn't, like, enunciate at all. He's like, they do First Blood. Tim Allen was like, I just got the greatest idea <laughs> ever. <laughs> And Nick what Nolte if he like, had I can't even understand what he said. I'm Nick Nolte. <laughs> <laughs> I think probably the bigger movie is the Rocky with 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 Clubber Lane in it. Yes, right. Bigger I, than Beastmaster, Master of Beasts. <laughs> he can, he talks to all beasts, and most of the time he talks to like two little minks or like ferrets. Really? Yeah. And I do remember the only part I remember is uh, one of the ferrets he has to rescue from quicksand. Uh, the star of every 80s movie. I do remember there was a part where his garbage disposal is like a pterodactyl, and it looks at the camera and goes, it's a living! <laughs> so that sounds pretty cool. All right, my vote's for Beastmaster. <laughs> Rocky Three moves on. Uh, all right, this is a tough one. Holy shit. Your number 23 seed is Sophie's Choice. <laughs> How will we decide? It's going to be so tough to decide, because... I'm just going to sit back and let you guys say the same thing over and over again. I feel like Sophie. (laughs) But uh, Vigo's little buddy is in this, yes? Vigo's little buddy, yes. The guy from Ally McBeal. (laughs) Not the dancing baby, Mike. (laughs) No, the what do they call him? The biscuit. I mean, one baby dances at the end of the movie. Oh, trying to get away from guns. But yes, that uh, I don't. Peter McDickle. There he is. Thank you. Wow. Very nice. Uh, it's going up against forty. No, it's forty. The forty. Another forty-eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> One of the only movies ever have its sequel come out in the same calendar year. This movie is, uh, I believe, a Carl Reiner movie called "Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid." Dead men don't wear plaid. <laughs> it's a famous Disney ride. Based on <laughs> uh, this is a movie Scots. where uh, it's a black and white noir comedy where Steve Martin is the detective, and everybody he talks to in the movie. Are, is clips from other movies. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time, it's double indemnity, but there's probably like 20 movies in this movie, and uh, so they'll they'll get a look like from the 1940s oh, movie hell yeah. and film it from the back, and then when it's filmed on them, it's the clip from yes. the 1940s movie. <laughs> it that doesn't sounds, totally work, but it's insane. That sounds like a bananas bonus show will do. It sounds like it might be more fun when it doesn't work. And then we get to do the whole thing where, like, do the modern kids not understand Steve Martin's take on <laughs> absurdist That comedy? was fucking weird, right? <laughs> People were just like, fuck King Tut. <laughs> I don't understand this, and it's not funny to me right now out of context, and so this is not funny. I come from the only funny that. generation. <laughs> I know. That's, comedy started in yeah. 2011 when I was born. <laughs> All comedy is perpetually refreshed every generation. <laughs> Everyone knows this. <laughs> I mean, Mike, you said that it sounds like a good bonus episode. Do we want to do a show on Sophie's Choice? No. <laughs> like I thought we, this was going to be our opportunity to just kind of like slip on by that. I don't know, dude. Like, I also don't think it's a good movie. I like it Sophie. does not deserve the credibility or uh, the credit that it gets. I think that's why I want to watch it, so we can finally put the pin in it, and people will change their opinions once they hear ours. It is the more important. All right, I'll. So it's up to me then. Yeah, yeah it sounds like it. All right, I I would love to do a dead man. Don't we wear should think about that? Should definitely go on the Bono list. Now, your number 62 seed is a movie called The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. Let's do that one. (laughs) (laughs) And is this Henry Winkler and Michael Keaton go down (laughs) to Texas? (laughs) 
Uh, we could do a double feature of Night Shift in this. This is Burt Reynolds and Dolly Parton. Hell yeah. Two of the biggest, three of the biggest boobs in Hollywood. Oh, <laughs> oh damn. It's going up against E.T. the Extraterrestrial. Oh. Well, mm. bye, E.T., because we got three yeah. of the biggest boobs in Hollywood. Well, so it's the three of the biggest boobs versus the biggest nutsack in Hollywood. <laughs> wow, E.T. Is E.T. going to just just going to win it, everybody? E.T. is just going to win? I mean, it's uh, Vegas says that E.T. versus Blade Runner is yeah, this entire yeah. season. Smart money. Yeah. Okay, E.T. or Blade Runner, which movie makes you hungrier for Reese's Pieces? Mac and me. Best little whorehouse. I'll eat her Reese's Pieces. Oh, Mike. Uh, Mike. <laughs> Did I make this subtext text? Out of reflex, I started to say Ryan, but I was like, wait, <laughs> no, it's the other one. I feel like Marge. <laughs> Bart. No, sorry. Greg Lisa. just be- became our mom. Your number 30 seed is The Last Unicorn. <gasps> All right. Mike, Weirdly you know a big is? deal in my life. Yeah. I would go to visit my dad every summer, and I don't know why. This was just, we would always fucking rent The Last Unicorn. And this is another brutal, dark kids movie. Is it is it clear to all listeners, even though I'm not sure he's ever mentioned her, that Mike has an older sister that absolutely dictated just based what on they watch? Grease 2 you're, and The Last Unicorn, man. Grease 2. <laughs> your gasp when I said The Last Unicorn. Uh, also, I might be confusing it, but isn't this where uh, the evil wizard's armies are rotoscoped Nazi footage? Or am I mixing that with a different I don't movie? think that's true. This is uh, this is the one where the bad guy at the end has a giant Red Bull, <laughs> drinks it, gets fucking pumped up. Gets and wings. Then wings <laughs> for days, flies into the sun. And then... Uh, Uniforms become the ocean. He created a, like this fire bowl, and uh, that bowl ran all the unicorns into the ocean, and they died, and that's why yeah. it's oh the last one. Oh, my gosh. That's why it's so hard for my wife and I to find a unicorn. That's... Yep. <laughs> what uh, is last unicorn going up against cue the winged serpent <gasps> okay. okay so a movie that was very important to me as a child or a movie that will become very important to me as an old man <laughs> <laughs> like it feels like with with Q and with the serpent in there did this uh, did boomers maybe this break some boomer brains yeah this is a lot of things that they are super <laughs> into right now <laughs> <laughs> this is called facebook the movie uh all right, Mike, which one are you going to go for, your future childhood or your previous childhood? I'm going to go with my previous childhood, Last Unicorn. Greg? Yeah, Last Unicorn, baby. Uh, I'm absolutely taking Q. Uh, don't yeah, Ryan is Q. You heard it here first. The next one is my pick, Piranha 2 The Spawning, versus Peter Weir, who directed Picnic at Hanging Rock. I shouldn't tell you guys these things. Yeah, you shouldn't if you want to win. I want Piranha 2 to win. Uh, the Year of Living Dangerously with Daniel Day-Lewis. Oh, hell yeah. Daniel yeah. Day-Lewis. Now, this is a uh, like classic, weepy, historical period piece. We don't do a ton of these. We don't do is a lot, a lot of yearning in this. Mel Gibson is in it. Oh, I should note that. Boo, uh, Piranha 2. Piranha 2. <laughs> But uh, this feels like kind of a kind of a biggie, uh, not like a real biggie, but kind of a biggie of a movie. It's definitely a title that I've heard a lot. Yeah, right. I don't know if that's because of the movie or maybe it's based on a book, but um, that's so many of these eighty-two movies. I wake like, up. Oh, I've heard of that a bunch on January first of every year and say this will be my year of living dangerously. <laughs> and then but- I grab some scissors, jump out of bed, and run around the house. <laughs> Let's go to the tagline game. See if you guys know which one is which. Uh, one is a love caught in the fire of revolution. 
the year of living dangerously. The other one is, it started as a vacation, dot, dot, dot. They got so heavy with piranha teeth spawning. (laughs) Oh, fuck. It started out as a kiss. How did it end up like this? (laughs) It started out as a kiss, dot, dot, dot. Piranha 2 colon, the killers. Uh, (laughs) Greg, I'm looking at the Piranha 2 poster, and there's more than two piranhas (gasps) on here. Oh, but there's also long legs and a butt. Yeah, there's also a a juicy butt. I love love horror movies. It's like, hey, there's hot ladies in here, and they're going to die. Oh, uh, that's a weird. What do you think I can do? Yeah. <laughs> you kind of had me there for a second, but then. Also, the picture at the top of the letterbox page is my favorite thing, which is an actress holding the monster yeah. to her face yeah. and running around going, it's attacking It me. is so, o- like, even in this still frame, it's so obvious that she is pressing this thing into her face. Uh, all right, let's go to a vote. Just, <laughs> just remember that it's, I'm going to be very upset if this, this leaves, and you have to deal with that for the rest of the show. Uh, Greg, Piranha 2 or The Year of Living Dangerously? Theater Weir. And Daniel Day-Lewis, sign me up, And Ryan. Mel Gibson. Year of Living Dangerously. Mike? I want Daniel Day-Lewis in Piranha 2. What if the year is so dangerous because there's piranhas? Oh, 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 trick shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to go. Who says that line? The piranhas? <laughs> the, the piranhas are everywhere. The piranhas come up and say, oh, I tricked you. <laughs> I tricked you. What do you want, Mike? The, the, the dangerously living. You guys are, you guys are cowards. Yeah, we're weenies. Uh, oh, this is an all-time battle. Number 19 is Creepshow, the George A. Romero anthology that both Taylor and uh, Jordan said, mm, you're fine. <laughs> oh, wow. Versus Swamp Thing. <gasps> I think I love you. <laughs> now, what like what iteration of Swamp Thing is this? This is oh, Adrian Barbeau, who was also in a Jaws ripoff called, I think, Orca. Oh, yeah. Where the big star of that was not the whale, but the fact she didn't wear a bra and her white shirt was wet the entire time. Okay. Um, that's all I know about it. Well, it sounds interesting. That's all you know about Swamp Thing? All I know about Swamp <laughs> Thing is that it has the chick from Orca. <laughs> I feel I, like we don't have to spend much time on this one because no matter what, it's going to get yeah, punted in the next host, round. Dude. No matter what, these are bonus episodes or punishment episodes with the Superhero <laughs> Show Show crew. Punishment episodes is what you get for not showing up on time. You have to watch Swamp Thing. Greg, Superior Show Show got fucking brutal yeah. once you left. Got militant. Uh, uh, I'm going to be a Swamp Thing. Mike? Also, I'm voting for that one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, the other one. George A. <laughs> Romero. Love him. Oh, Creep Show? Love him or uh, leave him. I'm voting for Swamp Thing. He does make my heart sing. Uh, number 59 is a Midsummer Night's Sex Comedy, Uh-oh. a Woody Allen Uh-oh. Shakespeare romp. Oh. Mm. Wah, wah. oh who is it going up against Roman Polanski? Let's fucking do this. <laughs> it's Bill Cosby in Roman Polanski's. <laughs> have a nice weekend. Uh, we, we have yet to move any Woody Allen movie forward, right? Yeah, and we're not going to like... Yeah. We're not going to give that up. Like, I mean, we'll have, a, we'll have to have a discussion when yeah. it's like Annie Hall. In 1977, no, we're going to have to talk. But like this, the we date get to movie have version principles. of fucking... No. <laughs> it's going we to won't be- advance bananas. <laughs> we won't do it because we have principles. I'm sorry, sleeper. You have to go. It's going to be against Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, oh God. Which itself is like... <laughs> but it's not problematic. I think it is. Well, the movie I'm- might be, but the creator isn't. Amy Heckerling, right? Yeah. It's a lady. I guess you're pr- problematic. But but it and it's also huge and it, it yeah. gave us. Uh, well, I think this is a fucking slam. Yeah, slam it is. Yeah. No, I mean for the elite eight. I yes. think Fast Times is too big. Yeah, it's like bigger than movies. It's too impactful. Right? Uh, 
So your number 38 seed is Victor Victoria. This is the Julie Andrews movie where she dresses like a man in order to have, like I think, an opera career or a singing career. Uh, it's going up against The Verdict, which is another Sidney Lumet movie starring Paul Newman, which is one of my all-time favorites. It also stars Bruce Willis. In Shit. the very back of one scene, you can see him in the courtroom. <laughs> so be an extra in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> make fifteen bucks. <laughs> I, I love Victor, Victor Victoria, or I, I not love what it, but like I got a sack card. <laughs> I'm surprised that it's this low. The verdict fucking rules. Yeah, I feel bad for Victor Victoria because the verdict was like that. That feels like a one to advance on. Victor Victoria sounds interesting. Sounds maybe important, but. I'm going to label you as maybe important. <laughs> uh, Mike, verdict or Victor Victoria? The verdict of Victoria. No, See, Mike. you keep doing that. And <laughs> I don't know. That's the coward's response. And you don't know. It's the verdict, I guess. I know. What is it, though? <laughs> that was a real Sophie's uh, choice. <laughs> Greg, the verdict or Victor Victoria? Verdict. All right. Number 12. Number 11, I'm sorry. Pink Floyd, The Wall. Yes. Woo. Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd. Has anybody seen this? Yes, yeah. a lot. Really? I went through a very intense Pink Floyd phase, and it involved watching The Wall a few times. Is it closer to Tommy, where it's like a musical with a plot line, or is it more like a series of vigne- vignettes? Uh, it, I, maybe something in between. It's a lot more like a series of music videos that are thematically linked. You know, I mean, you can tell by listening to the album that the, they all kind of like tell one story, but it's like sort of the interior landscape of Pink Floyd at, as thought of as like one performer instead of as a bunch of people and, and it's about the sort of like how awful the music industry is but yeah it's like a series of vignettes is the, is the way to put yeah, it. Which one's Pink? Pink Floyd is one of those bands where like I'm shocked people it, they're not talked about a lot because it's every, like it seems like people already know that they love them and it goes without saying. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I can't believe how many Pink Floyd fans are still out there. Having never so, gone through a phase myself, and you know what it is? It, it, I think it's because also they draw on a, they their references, like the like the music that inspired them comes from a lot of different places. So like you have jazz heads who are into Pink Floyd, and you have hard rock people who are into Pink mm-hmm. Floyd, and then you have like stoner culture that's into Pink Floyd. That's really what got me into it was like all four b- quadrants. Yeah, uh, I, I'm not saying it's, it has any chance to win or anything, but the wall is interesting and it's fun, and it would be exciting to do it. It's up against Mephisto. A German stage actor finds unexpected success and mixed blessings in the popularity of his performance in a Faustian play as the Nazis take power in pre-World War II Germany. Oh, it's like Faust. Okay, that's interesting. Mephisto. Why didn't I call it that? Based on the work by Goethe, who is, and this is true, my great-great-great-great-great-grandfather. Nice, dude. Yeah. So <laughs> but I still would rather... family, Greg? Yeah, because I'd rather, I still would rather do The Wall. Mike, Pink Floyd or Mephisto? Yeah, I guess I, I guess Pink Floyd. And our last matchup of the final, or the first round, excuse me, uh, number 22 is the Slumber Party Massacre. And I believe that Taylor and Jordan last week explained to us that this was supposed to be a parody of a horror movie. They all, it feels like they half of them are supposed to that be. Halfway through it, they were like, mm, no, and then just made a horror movie. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I think they said queer director, queer writer, producers got their hands on it and subverted the subversion producers so but there's a scary power drill my vote is slumber party massacre uh greg i'll give you the other <laughs> nope it's battling i like to look uh, dangerously this is rainer for a whole year 
Fassbender is Veronica Voss. Thank you, Veronica Voss. <laughs> <laughs> so hot. You want to touch the hiney. Correct. And what is Veronica Voss? Uh, in Munich, 1955, German film star Veronica Voss becomes a drug addict at the mercy of corrupt Dr. Marion Katz, oh, who wow. keeps her supplied with morphine. Not Dr. Katz. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really interesting, actually. Very, very tough, but very interesting. I'm going to go with Veronica Voss, Ryan. Yeah, me too. Pussies. Bucha. So that's it, guys. We did it. We took 32 movies out. It only took like three or four hours. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to take a break for like a week. Cool because off. that that was a lot for all of us, right? Yeah, I'm hot oh, under the yeah. collar. Uh, oh, yeah. All of my, um, I don't know, people dollars are spent. I cannot hang out with you guys anymore. Um, out of spoons, Ryan. Out of spoons. And you know what? I'm going to not even read the movies that are left in the bracket. Good, yeah. Come back next yeah, week. Watch it's them. called, it's called self-care. Them. Mike, did you keep track of bonus? Yeah, babies? I did. What you want to hear what the bonus? Yeah, let's hear those. You do it, Mike. <laughs> Up for the bonus episodes are Butcher, Baker, Soldier, Spy, Nightmare Maker, Night Shift, Smithereens, Alone in the Dark, Basket Case, Eating Raul, Dead Man, Tell No, No, Dead Man, Don't Wear Plaid, Cue the Winged Serpent, Piranha, Victor Victorian, Slumber Party Massacre. A lot of the movies it's we talked about yeah, were Taylor and Jordan. <laughs> that's 32 movies. Uh, all the movies that we kicked out, Mike just listed. Instead of talking about the winners, Mike just told you about the losers. Uh, next week, that's when it all goes down. And <laughs> Shit the, matters. The three of us are going to decide what eight movies will make up the most of the, the majority of our 1982 season. Until then, keep watching those fucking movies.